acclaimed comics writer and notorious Scott Summers hater, Rosie Knight. Well, hello, Emmy-winning podcaster and totally unbiased Targaryen royal supporter, Jason Concepcion. Somehow the X-Ray Vision podcast has returned. And like always, we'll be here every week. You'll hear from TV writers, actors, comics creators, pop culture critics. Nothing is off the table. Listen to X-Ray Vision on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to More Than a Movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how to get comfortable with fear and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. People say, what are you afraid of, right? I'm afraid of fear because it's like I want to confront anything in my life that feels challenging on those levels. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to today's edition of the Clay Travis and Buck Sexton Show podcast. Hour two of the Clay Travis and Buck Sexton Show gets going right now. And we are joined by our friend Andy McCarthy of National Review. He's a Fox News contributor, former federal prosecutor at the Southern District of New York. Spent over 20 years there. Also, he wrote a book, Ball of Collusion, the plot to rig an election and destroy a presidency, obviously about Donald Trump. I feel like Andy... You might need to write Ball of Collusion Part 2. <laughs> There's a lot of stuff going on uh, right now between Twitter FBI collusion, the efforts to get Donald Trump uh, legally. C- can we start with, with that? I-, I know you are on Fox yesterday right as the, I could see as I was doing the show, right as the four charges came down. It seems to be something of a consensus that the DOJ... Well, actually, no. I don't. I don't want to get ahead of anything. Tell everybody what you think about the four charges and what happens now. Well, I think the charges are really weak, Buck. I, you know, the um, the headline, I guess, that I would um, highlight to encapsulate this is they want to recommend that uh, Trump violated a law that uh, prevents people or makes it a crime to. Um, incite an insurrection or to assist an insurrection or aid in the bed it and et cetera. Um, and they say they've developed evidence of that. And, you know, first of all, they have not one, despite what they promised they were going to be able to prove, they have not proved there was an actionable criminal nexus between Donald Trump and the violence um, out of the Capitol riot. They, in two years of looking at this closely, um, with a lot more resources to investigate it than the, the Congressional Committee has, they haven't indicted a single person for the federal crime of insurrection. So one wonders what, how, how could Trump have aided and abetted something the Justice Department has looked at and hasn't charged anybody with. Um, but, you know, the other thing is they've indicted a number of cases involving violence, like assaults on police officers and 
um, damage to the Capitol. There was a seditious conspiracy case in which some people got convicted. In none of those cases has the Justice Department suggested or cited Donald Trump for being an unindicted co-conspirator. And in fact, the Justice Department took the position that Trump was not the driving force of this. He was basically the pretext that people who were looking to commit violence uh, anyway used as a rationalization for doing it. And the Justice Department has aggressively fought efforts to, by these defendants to shift blame to Trump. So it's pretty clear that they've decided that this doesn't take Trump out of the woods. Um, they've decided he wasn't involved in the violence. That doesn't mean that he may not have committed the crime of obstructing Congress, but that's a, it's a harder proof if you don't have the violence. So my, my only point is, um, how is the, how is the committee referring a crime to the Justice Department, the theory of which has to be that Trump is like the driving force of the violence? when it's become very clear over two years that that's the opposite of what the Justice Department thinks happened. So, Andy, if you have to pick, well, first, let me let me just get your take on, do you think there is, and I know I always say no one can predict the future, so I'm asking what you think the probability is. Is it likely or not likely that Trump will be indicted in the next year? And if it is likely... Where would it come from? I mean, or, or even if it's not, what's the most likely avenue? Is, is it from the special counsel Jack Smith probe? Yeah, I think the most likely scenario, Buck, is the uh, Mar-a-Lago documents case. I think they have, you know, unlike the January 6th case, which is, which is complicated and weak when you look at it closely, I, I think they think, uh, and with good reason, that the documents case is much stronger and that they could probably indict that now if they chose to. Do you, do you think it's going to happen? I think it depends on whether Trump is a viable candidate or not. I know that, you know, the Biden administration and the Justice Department gave this case to Jack Smith as a special counsel to try to create some distance between DOJ and, the, and Biden and the investigation. But I don't think people are going to be convinced by that because the special counsel still answers to the Justice Department. And, uh, you know, prosecute, prosecutorial power in the United States is executive power. So if Jack Smith indicts anyone, it's going to be through the power of President Biden. So I don't think they can get out of that box. Um, I think it's politics and they like the idea of running against Trump or at least having Trump in the GOP primaries and in the field, you know, wreaking havoc and causing divisiveness in the Republican base. So I don't think if, if they indict him, it will make it very difficult for him to run. Um, so I think as long as he's a viable candidate, they probably won't bring any charges. But I think the second he's not a viable candidate, the, wow. the, the left really wants him charged. I mean, this is what I was thinking yesterday. I was trying to war game this out a little bit. I think it, I, I align with, with you on this one in that they they also i think they may not bring the charge also because they would recognize that that would i i believe rally the party around trump in a pretty substantial way now yeah. would they try to get jail time for you know can you really rally against or around a guy if he's actually going to prison and you know there's all these other yeah. but but i think that i i wonder if they would hold back because they there's that uncertainty factor and also what you know what the blowback would be but to your point 
if in fact, let's say Trump doesn't become the nominee, then maybe it's actually even more likely at that point he would get indicted just because the left wing base has been promised this in their minds for six years. Yeah, that, that's what I think. I mean, I, I just think that you can't take the political component out of this because it, 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 let's if you could take Trump out of it, which, of course, is like it's too uh, mind bending to to take Trump out. He's such a lightning rod. But if you could take Trump out of this, every case that uh, a prosecutor indicts is a twofold question. One is, do you have enough evidence of a crime to convict? If you do, you move to the second question, which is, is the prosecution in the public interest? And what I mean by that, for example, is, you know, if five people are sitting in a circle and they pass around a, a marijuana cigarette, one to the next to the next, in theory uh, and under the law, every single time they pass that, it's a felony violation of the federal narcotics laws from which you could be sentenced to 20 years in prison, right? So you would look at that and you'd say, I have enough evidence, but I would be insane to bring that case because no one would bring that case, right? So in every case, you look, you look at, do I have enough evidence and is it in the public interest to go forward with this? And with Trump, I think it's unavoidable that you have to say, even if you think you have enough evidence, it's going to be such a divisive thing in the country to indict a former president of the United States who's actually a current uh announced candidate for 2024, the prosecutor's got to be sensitive to the idea that uh, there's going to be a narrative that the indictment is being driven by politics rather than evidence. And the backdrop for all of this is that we've had law enforcement intrusion now in the 2016 presidential cycle and in the 2024 presidential cycle. Do we really want to you know, watch this movie again? Because I don't think anybody does. Right, we had it in 2016, in 2020, and now it would be again in 2024. Right. It, it, right. You know, could could we have one presidential election that is not like determined one way or the other by the deep state and its intrusions? That would be a good thing. Andy, also, we were just talking about, and we're speaking to Andy McCarthy. Um, he's a Fox News contributor, National Review. Go read nationalreview.com for his latest. Andy, the uh, Title 42, the the stay. My understanding, and you know, I'm I'm catching this in real time because it's obviously yep. still evolving. Is that there's a stay, but we don't know the full explanation behind the stay for the ending of Title 42, and it's an administrative stay. But this thing has got to go pretty soon, right? I mean, what 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 do you see happening here? Well, it's complicated, Buck, because there's two different cases involved. Um, but, you know, the bottom line for today is that Chief Justice Roberts has told the Biden administration that they have to respond to the states which have made this emergency application uh, to, to freeze everything in place until they finish litigating one of the cases that's uh, that's pending. And Roberts has told the Biden administration they have till five o'clock Eastern time today to respond. And in a nutshell, what's going on is. There's two different cases, one of, one of which arises out of Louisiana, where the states are saying that when Biden took away Title 42 or when they wanted to take away Title 42, they didn't comply with the Administrative, administrative, administrative procedure. procedure Act. Yeah, sure. Right. So while that's being litigated, this other case came up in Washington, and what happened is the Biden administration and the plaintiffs who are, in that case, they are 
uh, you know, people who want to come into the country uh, illegally. They put their little heads together and basically, uh, you know, the Biden administration admitted that um, it was in violation of the law uh, and that, you know, Title 42 couldn't be sustained. And the judge in Washington then just said, no more Title 42. And what the what the DAs or, or the state attorneys general of these 19 states are saying is, look what they did here. They colluded in this litigation effectively to to uh, undermine Title 42 when in the other litigation there's a stay in place where they've basically been told to hold Title 42 in place uh, until the case could be litigated. So it's like a, a collusive lawsuit um, which allows them to – get rid of Title 42 without complying with the Administrative Procedures Act and the notice and comment and all that. So that's the, you know, in a nutshell, that's what it is. And I think the thing is the Supreme Court doesn't like these collusive lawsuits because it's a really, you know, sneaky kind of insidious thing to do. At the same time, the court can't protect the border. You know, even if the court says this is ridiculous, you know, uh, you you have to comply with the Administrative Procedures Act, but it's also true that, like, as far as Title 42 is concerned, we no longer have a COVID emergency. And the fact of the matter is it's the political branch's responsibility to protect the border, and the court can't make them do it. Right. So, um, so basically, if they decided, let's just say theoretically, if the Biden administration, and I think they're pretty close to this, they just said, yeah, we're just not enforcing border laws anymore we had that arizona immigration case and the court ruled against the obama administration on on one aspect of it and the administration's response basically was yeah who's going to make us uh and you know this goes back to the framers right the idea was the courts were the least dangerous branch because they only had judgment right they don't have the purse they don't have the sword uh and this is the reality of it And, and as far as the court is concerned you don't want to issue an order that isn't going to be enforced, right? Because that undermines the um, the, the rule of law and the legitimacy of the court. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, it, I think what happens in a lot of these cases, Buck, is that if the court knows that there's a good chance the executive is not going to carry out its orders anyway, why does it want to get involved in that? You know. So, but do you think Title Forty Two does go away soon? I think eventually, whether it's uh, next Wednesday or within the next few, you know, look, we're we're living a lie here, right? There is no COVID emergency, right? And 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 what's going on here is the president and the Congress have the authority and the responsibility to protect the border and the law of the United States. I, I know that this is like a trivial thing, but I thought thought people might want to hear this. The law of the United States explicitly says. If you come into the United States illegally, you shall be detained until they work out, you know, whether you have a viable claim to stay here for some legal reason or not. So they're just ignoring the law. And what they say is there's too many people. We can't detain everyone. And I think most people think, well, if you only have 30,000 detention spaces, you can't let 2.2 million people into the country. So close the border once you fill up the detention Yep. And instead, what they say is um, we can't detain everybody who wants to come. So therefore, we're not going to follow the law of the United States. And, and we're basically going to detain nobody, which is what they're doing right now. I mean, they're it's it's like catch and release. 
super fast processing, letting people out in the streets of El Paso and McAllen and wherever. Right. It's a mess. It's a mess. Andy, thank you so much for the uh, excellent legal analysis as always. And Merry Christmas, sir. Good to talk to you. Merry Christmas, Buck. My friends, indulge me for a minute while I tell you about a young woman by the name of Carly. She visited a preborn pregnancy clinic with her boyfriend as they were going back and forth on whether to seek an abortion or to bring their baby into this world. Preborn clinics provide free ultrasounds to pregnant women as a way for them to understand the preciousness of life and establish that bond between mother and child. Sometimes it takes more than one visit and more than one ultrasound, and that was the case with Carly. As she saw her unborn child the second time, her mind was made up. She wanted to bring that child into this world. You can help change the minds of parents toward life and save preborn babies. Make a donation to the preborn pregnancy clinics to pay for an ultrasound. $28 is the cost of one, $140 is the cost of five. And right now, when you make such a donation, a silent contributor will match your gift, allowing your dollars to potentially potentially save twice as many lives. To donate securely, use your cell phone and dial pound 250. Say the keyword baby. That's pound 250. Say baby. Or go to preborn.com slash buck. That's preborn.com slash B-U-C-K. Sponsored by Preborn. Learn and laugh. Weekdays with Clay Travis and Buck Sexton. Claim comics writer and notorious Scott Summers hater Rosie Knight. Well, hello, Emmy-winning podcaster and totally unbiased Targaryen royal supporter Jason Concepcion. Rosie, somehow the X-Ray Vision podcast has returned. It feels so good. It does. And like always, we'll be here every week covering the wide world of TV, movies, comics, and geek culture. That's right. We'll be talking about Batman, heroes of that stature, and of course... We'll be inviting our friends in the industry to come geek out with us and share stories. We'll hear from TV writers, from actors, comics creators, pop culture critics, and more. Nothing is off the table because geek culture is pop culture. And we can't wait to share our love of it all with you every single week. Listen to X-Ray Vision on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. Stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on. But we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening. More Than a Movie is back with season two of the award-winning film podcast, and this time with a lot more movies. I'm your host, Alex Fumero, and each week I'm going to talk to the people behind some of my favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the OG spy kid, Alexa Penavega. You had Carlo Gugino, who's the coolest mom ever. You had Antonio, who's handsome, amazing, charismatic. And then Carvin and Juni. I felt like a lot of other kids felt like this could be me. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Every episode will feature interviews with the biggest actors, directors, writers, and producers behind your favorite films and tap into the history of Latinos in film. Listen to More Than a Movie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. You may have seen this. It's amazing. <laughs> that 
Avatar 2, which is about uh, blue space aliens uh, who who are on some planet far, far away, and you know the whole thing. They're 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 blue, and they're kind of a hybrid between looks sort of like a, a lion and a person. I guess you could say is sort of the best way to describe. It. And they're blue, just to be clear. It's being called out for cultural appropriation and a white savior complex. These are the uh, these are the terms that are being used. Uh, a movie critic got this started, and now there are others who are piling on. They are saying that Avatar Two, which is fortunately not doing very well, so that restores my faith in humanity because it, it is it is a shock. Avatar One was a shockingly poorly written silly derivative movie it had some cool technology but once you've been exposed to that 3d technology the movie doesn't stand up at all so unless you have like avatar technology at home you don't want to watch this thing avatar 2 which the whole thing is either dances with wolves or fern gully depending on who you ask that's where the the script comes from or the the idea comes from but they're calling it out because to the woke the playing of a blue space alien with some historical themes that approximate the struggle of Native Americans in America is cultural appropriation by actors who are white in most of the cases, not all the cases. So white actors can't play blue space aliens in a cartoon that are borrowing from Native American history. Okay, just to get that clear, if your business has five or more employees and you manage to survive both the pandemic and this recession we're in right now, you could be eligible to receive a payroll tax rebate of up to $26,000 per employee. This isn't a loan. There's no payback. It's a refund of your taxes. How do you get your business this refund money? Go to GetRefunds.com. Their tax attorneys are specialists in this little-known payroll tax refund program. They do all the work with no charge up front and simply share a percentage of the cash they get for you. Businesses of all types can qualify, including those who took PPP, nonprofits, even those that had an increase in sales. The team at GetRefunds.com has already returned over a billion dollars to businesses. They can help you as well. Just go to GetRefunds.com, click on Qualify Me, and answer a few questions. This payroll tax refund is only available for a limited amount of time. Don't miss out. Go to GetRefunds.com. That's GetRefunds.com. No risk, high reward. GetRefunds.com. Clay Travis and Buck Sexton on the front lines of truth. The height of the holiday season. Got Christmas coming up. Last minute Christmas shopping going to be underway here. I do think it has taken a lot of the stress out of this. I was thinking about this yesterday when I remember growing up and my mother was so amazing she always you know got us the the toys that we we the one toy we really wanted from santa used to go to a place called toy park uh toy park if you were really feeling like you wanted to be uh, at the high temple of toy consumerism uh you could go to uh, fao schwartz which i remember that was uh there was the a song welcome to our world of toys would you go in there I think that it's in the uh, second Home Alone movie. It's definitely in Big with Tom Hanks. But you had to go and get these things, get these toys. I will say, at least now, for the parents out there, and for anybody who's getting gifts for uh, for family members or friends, it, it, it has gotten so much easier, right? 
you can go online, have it sent right to you, and takes a lot of that waiting in the long line and the stress. And because I, I remember last minute Christmas shopping and everyone rushing into the stores in New York City and long lines. And I just take a moment, you know, because we often focus on what is more challenging in life and what has been made uh, more difficult. But or what what is getting more difficult? One thing that's getting a lot easier. You you don't have parents who are getting into fisticuffs over Tickle Me Elmo dolls. Remember that? There would be like a really popular toy, and it would get bought up, and then they would start going for really high prices, and people would be waiting in these lines, they get into fights over this stuff. So now, you know, the downside is we all can enjoy the supply chain issues and the shortages that just magically have appeared under the Biden administration with no explanation. Don't worry, Mayor Pete's on it. Pete Buttigieg, he's going to fix it any moment now. He's got his best people on it. Uh, but no, seriously, at least you can sit at home and pretty much order whatever you want to order in terms of um, anything. I mean, if you want to order a Sherman tank that's been decommissioned, I think you could do that on Amazon. I mean, you got some pretty, some pretty crazy stuff out there. And and also, I I usually around this time I because I started doing radio in 2012, so it's been a decade. And uh, I started at the Blaze, and it was really a an online stream on theblaze.com and Glenn Beck's network. So I always am very grateful to and, and wish Glenn a uh, Merry Christmas and his family and his staff uh, because Glenn gave me my start. And people of people of honor appreciate those who help them, and they never forget who helped them. So, um, But I started out at the Blaze. And, and I'm, by the way, Rush is obviously at the very top of that list because Rush let me fill in for him. Uh, many times over the years, starting in 2014, uh, up until I became syndicated myself uh, a few years after that. So I, I, I did radio, started radio a decade ago. And one of the stories that I always told people, because I was just talking about, about parents a moment ago, is that I did not start out, because you know, my birthday is also on December 28th, so throwing it all out there right now. I did not start out at all in life as somebody who, you think would would have a career in media, uh, particularly wouldn't have a career in radio, um, but I had a speech impediment, which was very complicated for. Uh, oh gosh, I must have. I was first, second grade was when I was really aware of it. Kindergarten, first grade, second grade, and people always ask. It was in a, and I believe it's called an enunciation disorder. Um, I had to see a speech therapist for a couple of years. And my parents never gave up on me. They never gave up on me. I would go and introduce myself to my classmates and to, you know, kids in the playground. You know, you show up and you just kick a ball around or something in the playground. And they'd, someone would say, you know, what's your name? And I would say, and this is true. And my mom is probably laughing if she hear this. I would say, uh, well, not laughing, but, you know, sort of smiling about what I had to overcome. Um, but I would tell people my name was But. Now, you can imagine when you're a first and second grader and you're trying to pronounce your own name and you tell you tell a little kid, your peer, that your name is Butt, they tend to think that is very funny. I did not think it was very funny. I obviously thought it was mortifying, uh, although I didn't know what that word meant then, but I was not. Uh, it was not a fun situation or circumstance uh, for me. And I also, because of the lack of confidence from... Uh, being a kid who couldn't pronounce his own name, 
which was the situation that I was in. My middle name is Buckman, which is where it comes from. But Buckman is no easier than Buck. So, you know, calling myself Buttman was not going to be better than calling myself Butt, really. So that was the ch- <laughs> that was the challenge that I faced. Uh, so I went into speech therapy, but also um, was falling far behind in in class to the point where uh, they thought I was going to have to be in a special school uh, for learning disabilities. But it wasn't even really a learning disability. It was more of a behavioral disability brought on by my speech impediment, which was obviously a major challenge. So because I couldn't speak like the other kids, and this this wasn't just my name, obviously, a lot of words, consonants, I would just, I would think I was saying it the right way, but I wasn't. Um, and it, it didn't really register with me. So they were going to have to pull me out of that. Well, at one point there was a consideration of pulling me out of school to send me to a special school. And my mom and dad never lost faith. They kept pushing and kept encouraging me. And we had a, a woman, her name was, uh, she has since passed away. Her name was, uh, Mrs. Newfield. And she gave me extra tutoring. Uh, extra tutoring after class and I went to speech therapy and by the time I was in the fourth or fifth grade I had advanced so far beyond my classmates in uh, the Catholic school I went to in New York that they started actually in some of the courses giving me extra work and gave me a slightly different curriculum and um, I graduated because you have to apply to high school in New York uh, top of my of my grammar school class, but actually got a four year scholarship, which was at the time a hundred thousand dollar scholarship to go to high school at Regis in New York City, uh, which is also where Fauci went. So I, uh, I I turned things around, and then later on, you know, you you all know I went to CIA and uh, and came out wasn't looking to do media at all, was really just looking to expand my skill set, maybe get into the private sector. Um, wasn't really sure and uh and glenn and the blaze came along and gave me gave me an opportunity that i wasn't even looking for but i did recognize it as a huge opportunity when it came along so uh you know always appreciate that for uh, from glenn um and from chris balf uh who also found me early on then and is uh, still doing a lot of good work with a lot of very good people in the media space so yeah, so the kid who couldn't pronounce his name and was going to be pulled out of school and was getting made fun of constantly for not being able to pronounce his name later on ended up being the only person to ever guest host for Glenn Beck and Sean Hannity and Rush Limbaugh on radio. I guest hosted all three of those shows over the years um, and was guest hosting for Rush, the greatest of all time uh, within three years of my radio career starting. So this is all a way of saying to the parents out there, because I know we're going into the holiday break, and a lot of parents have had a really, still dealing with a very tough time from the COVID lockdowns and what that did and the learning loss and the psychological and social duress that that put kids under. Uh, there is no replacement for, no, nor is there any ceiling to the benefits of parents who never give up on the kids never give up on their ability their dreams their uh willingness to stick it out if you'll stick it out that's that's what i've seen that's what i saw in my own life but i'm sure you see circumstances too parents if parents have your back you you will get through and you can accomplish anything that is really the case 
And that includes also anybody who's, you know, if you're a grandparent who's a guardian for somebody or if you're raising someone, if they know that you've got them no matter what, that they've got your back no matter what, uh, you can even you can go from being a kid who can't pronounce his name and all the kids are making fun of to sitting here doing radio on the biggest radio platform in the United States of America. So Merry Christmas, everybody. You got a big decision to make today. If you want to sit in a luxurious chair like the one I'm currently doing the show in and get a great, great deal on it, get yourself an X chair. In my opinion, it's the finest office chair in the world, and I benefit from sitting in it every day. X chair is not only comfortable, it's the best investment you can make for your body and your business. And with financing available, the X chair will cost you only $20 a month. For less than a dollar a day, X chair will make the hours spent at your desk a thousand times more productive. And here's an extra special offer. Use the code FOOTREST22 for a free footrest with every chair purchase. Be sure to order today and certainly by tonight to ensure delivery by Christmas. Make the right investment for your body and your business. Go to xchairbuck.com now. That's the letter X, chairbuck.com. Use code FOOTREST22 for a free footrest with your order. But hurry, because you must order by tonight at the latest to ensure Christmas delivery. I love my X chair. I do the show every day in it. I've got an X chair for my dad, for my sister. i got to get more of them for my family members because they all love them so much. It's a great gift to your, for yourself or for a family member, uh, family member this time of year. Go to xchairbuck.com. Learn, laugh, and join us on the weekend on our Sunday Hang with Clay and Buck podcast. Find it on the iHeart app or wherever you get your podcasts. Hello, acclaimed comics writer and notorious Scott Summers hater, Rosie Knight. Well, hello, Emmy-winning podcaster and totally unbiased Targaryen royal supporter, Jason Concepcion. Rosie, somehow the X-Ray Vision podcast has returned. It feels so good. It does. And like always, we'll be here every week covering the wide world of TV, movies, comics, and geek culture. That's right. We'll be talking about Batman, heroes of that stature, and of course, we'll be inviting our friends in the industry to come geek out with us and share stories. We'll hear from TV writers, from actors, comics creators, pop culture critics, and more. Nothing is off the table, because geek culture is pop culture, and we can't wait to share our love of it all with you every single week. Listen to X-Ray Vision on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. The stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on. But we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening. More Than a Movie is back with season two of the award-winning film podcast, and this time with a lot more movies. I'm your host, Alex Fumero, and each week I'm going to talk to the people behind some of my favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the OG spy kid, Alexa Penavega. You had Carlo Gugino, who's the coolest mom ever. You had Antonio, who's handsome, amazing, charismatic. And then Carvin and Juni. I felt like a lot of other kids felt like this could be me. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. 
when I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Every episode will feature interviews with the biggest actors, directors, writers, and producers behind your favorite films and tap into the history of Latinos in film. Listen to More Than a Movie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Got some lines lit up? Give us a call, 800-282-2882. Want to hear from you. I've only got... About an hour left with all of you across the country. Then Clay comes back from uh, his first uh, family vacation tomorrow. He'll be in uh, tomorrow, Thursday and Friday. And then we have guest hosts who will be in starting uh, after that, including Jason Lewis and uh, Todd Herman. So, yep, we got people to uh, people to uh, be taking over, doing a great job here on the show for all of you. And uh, we have Ransom. In Columbus, Ohio, wanted to call in. What's up, Ransom? Cool name. Yeah, uh, Buck, I just uh, very encouraged by your story you were just sharing. I, too, had uh, something to overcome, too. I had a speech where a uh, problem with stuttering when I was young, and I had also had to be taught how to read because uh, I transposed letters and numbers back and forth. So um, I, they thought that I would be a lost cause, too. But uh, like you, I've overcome, and... Uh, I had four near-death experiences. Uh, I became a featured speaker for a Christian group where I got to be on radio and TV and became a flight attendant with TWA and was able to smuggle Bibles into the Soviet Union back in the 1980s. So uh, I've done a couple things, too. So uh, anyone that's got these issues, uh, you can be great also. Just got to hang in there and keep going. Thank you so much, Ransom. Uh, Merry Christmas to you, and uh, so glad that you also fought the good fight to get past your your issues, and uh, and obviously have led a very interesting life. You know, I'll, I'll just say this: I think that people who, in my experience, people who overcome real personal adversity, uh, there is a there is a lifelong humility that comes from that, an ability to understand other people and their challenges at a at a very it's at a very human level um you know you you recognize when you've been through especially at a young age when you've been through experience that was humiliating but then you overcame it you get beyond it one i think you want to help other people in a similar way you want to sort of be the hand that reaches down to pull people up to overcome what they can as well um but you just you also there's I think there's a humility that comes from it. I mean, maybe some people would argue that, you know, if you're if if you're picked on and you're bullied as a kid, you know, that can have some nasty long term ramifications. Some people then go on to pick on or bully people later on. But uh, I, you know, I think if you stand up to the bully, if you overcome the bully, you 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 come into that category as well of of both personal growth and understanding. Like people who have been bullied and overcome bullying hate bullies really won't allow any bullying to go on around them and i think people that have been through whether it's speech health um learning uh disabilities and issues gone through it gotten beyond it and achieved purpose and success and happiness in life have a uh, have have a connection to an understanding of people going through those same struggles that also maintains this bond of of humility that we're all we're all trying to work on who we are and be better versions of who we are all the time. 
I think we're going to switch gears to immigration here for a second. Chris is down in El Paso, Texas. Chris, what are you seeing? Oh, Buck. Uh, mega dittos, first of all, and Merry Christmas to you and Carrie. Uh, thank you. Uh, I think God, Carrie, came into your life because if you saw yourself the week before she said yes, your energy level was down. You know, maybe you guys weren't doing chalk yet, but then that uh, Monday that you came back after she said yes, you were fired up. You were ready. So when you well, I mean, you know, I, 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 you got to come back with your shield or on it, my friend. You know what I mean? Like I was gearing up for the big one. So, well, down here in El Paso, it is really bad right now, Buck. We've got illegals everywhere, and you even got guys coming up and asking if you want to have sex with a little ten-year-old girl. I've even called the cops, but then these guys get out of here. We have over a thousand cartel members with their AK-47s across the border providing protection these guys are so sophisticated that they're using bar scanners on these wristbands book and i've seen i've seen the wristbands that this is the other this is another part of it you know the human tra- thank you for calling in chris the human trafficking i think we're getting a little numb to that phrase in the context of the board people call it human trafficking it's not just adults who are being you know taken to and then who go uh, across the border and, and enter the united states there are women who are being transferred into sexual slavery. There is abuse of children, you know, the, the worst kinds of abuse of children going on at the border. We don't necessarily know who, but sometimes these children show up at the border. They're trying to find where they're going to go, these unaccompanied minors. There's all kinds, uh, and also the, what's done to these children on their journey to the border. There are terrible things that are happening every single day, over and over again at the border, and... There is no sense of urgency, no sense of crisis from this White House about it. They're, the status quo for them is is fine, honestly. Um, they're not seeking to change anything about it because I think this is their final push to just completely destroy the system of immigration that we have such that people, enough people come to the belief that all we have left is mass amnesty. And with that, the transformation of of our legal landscape and our polity and our political union in this country i mean it, if if you take in you know i always po- pose it to people this way you know if you have a country um what what is like uh what does denmark have 10 or 15 million people um if you got 10 million people and you took in three million foreigners all at once who share neither linguistic nor cultural similarity with that country is it the same country Assimilation means, you know, if you got 10 million people, you take in 100,000, you know, they, they bring their backgrounds and their, you know, unique interests, etc. But they assimilate into the broader culture and become a part of that family when they do it legally. But if you have 10 million people, you know, if we had 100 million Russians come to America in the next five years, is America still America? You know, you got to start looking at this and asking these questions because... They're going to try to legalize 20 to 30 million illegals in the next two years. You watch. That is the Biden plan. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. 
More Than a Movie is back with season two. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hello, acclaimed comics writer and notorious Scott Summers hater, Rosie Knight. Well, hello, Emmy-winning podcaster and totally unbiased Targaryen royal supporter, Jason Concepcion. Somehow the X-Ray Vision podcast has returned. And like always, we'll be here every week. You'll hear from TV writers, actors, comics creators, pop culture critics. Nothing is off the table. Listen to X-Ray Vision on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.